Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today at QueenBeing.com we're going to answer a frequently asked question and that is, do narcissists always come back? Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life. So let me ask you a question. Did you recently split up with a narcissist, whether it was because the narcissist left you for someone else or left you because of some reason or that you left the narcissist? And do you think that maybe you're having second thoughts now? If so, this video is for you. So let's talk about it. As convincing as they might appear to be, narcissists are the type who want to suck you back into their toxic web okay so if you've if you've gone through a breakup or you have made an effort to split from a narcissist and you are now being courted again or you're having second thoughts about whether to leave them for real or not um, then what you have to recognize is that there are a couple different things in action right now okay what you have going on is number one the narcissist needs to control okay the narcissist often has a, a, a significant need to control other people okay and then secondly they um, in addition to needing to control they also need supply okay and what do I mean by that well narcissistic supply such as uh, you know attention admiration adoration uh, general you know drama even is, is sufficient for narcissistic supply at times. Someone wanting them, someone wishing they had them. They want to feel wanted, needed, desired just like everyone else, but with a narcissist it goes way beyond the unhealthiness, right? Way beyond healthy levels and beyond normal unhealthy levels. So a lot of times when um, the narcissist splits from their primary supply, they will immediately be looking for a secondary, a new supply because they, you know, do all the, their their emotion vomiting on their primary supply. So if you break up with them or they break up with you, they need to have a backup plan. And so obviously the new supply has no idea that the narcissist will become what they become, just like you didn't know when you met them. And, you know, as always, they will end up being in the cycle, you know, devalue, discard, uh, you know, love bombing, devalue, discard, love bombing, so on and so forth. But at the beginning of a relationship, of course, they they have no idea that's real, and they have they believe the narcissist when they say that you're the crazy one. Yeah. So, you know, um, what would you say is, you know, if if you bring a narcissist back into your home, into your life, uh, you know, what you have to understand is that even if they're temporarily doing better they will almost always revert to their tip their old ways because their old ways are comfortable and their old ways are truly who they are so let's talk about some of the reasons that narcissists uh, come back shall we alright number one a narcissist will return again and again as I said to find themselves um, more supply they, they might have an argument with their new supply or feel that you know they're missing something that you do for them okay it's almost never about you personally although they will say that it is you personally but if you ever sit a narcissist down and ask them hey what do you love about me you might be interested to know that they will probably tell you that it's more about what you do for them and less about anything else 
So it's less about who you are. See what I mean? Okay. Um, and, you know, the other thing to recognize is that a lot of times, um, you know, the narcissist returns because they want to make sure that they still have control over you. They, they want to make sure that you still pine for them, that you still worry and wonder and wish you were with them and, and that you never ever fully are able to move on from the pain that they have caused you. Feel me? So this is hoovering, my friend. So we're going to talk about hoovering really fast and I'm going to give you an example of what that looks like from pop culture. All right, here we go. So just for a little background, okay, uh, the hoovering technique was actually named after the famous vacuum cleaner and it's really one of the most common manipulation tactics employed by abusive toxic narcissists. It's something that they almost all do at some point or another in most long-term relationships in which they get involved. And there are cases where hoovering doesn't happen and that's generally when you are a secondary supply even if you don't know that. Okay, so every now and then a narcissist won't come back and that's usually, like I said, because you are someone who is a secondary supply as in they're cheating on their real person with you. Um, and sometimes they'll come back later, sometimes they won't in those situations depending on how long the situation went on and how involved it got. Okay, but in general, here we go. So this is my example. All right. Do you remember the Peanuts cartoon with Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Woodstock and Lucy and all those people, right? Well, in that time, in the, in the cartoon, uh, you know, there'd be always this little scene where Lucy would be holding the football for Charlie Brown, and she'd be like, okay, come and get it, I'm going to get it. She's holding it, you know, on the, on the ground so he can run up and kick it. This time I'm going to kick that football clear to the moon! Right. Well, and then, you know, every time he'd run up there and try to kick it, he'd, she'd just pull it out of the way, right? Well, then when he'd fall, there would be Lucy, hey, ha, 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 that's so awesome, ha, 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 you know, because she'd smile like there was no tomorrow, acting like she actually enjoyed watching him be in pain. You know, he'd be, oh, good grief, whatever, right? But Charlie Brown did what any kid did or any kid would do. And that is that he would eventually stop trusting her to hold the ball, right? Well, inevitably, Lucy then would promise each time, this time, this time I really, I promise I'll let you kick the ball. I promise this time I'll let you kick the ball, okay? And inevitably, she'd pull it away at the last second. And then she'd bust out that big smile yet again. And, and just as he would fall, you know? Hoovering obviously um, is, is something that begins um, after the devalue and the discard phases happen in the relationship. So when the silent treatment stops giving the narcissist pleasure, that's usually when this comes right back into play. Or when he's ready for the new supply or ready for more of the supply that you've been feeding him all these months or years. You feel me? Him or her because narcissists can also be women. Let me clarify that. Or it'll start when you've left the narcissist and the narcissist fears that you won't come back. They'll be like, wait a minute, I haven't talked to, you know, or heard from so-and-so since, you know, two months ago. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then they'll suddenly get in touch and be like, hey, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. You know, um, the idea is for the narcissist that, that he or she needs to reestablish contact with you in order to get the narcissistic supply that you've been so good at providing all this time. All right, so it's a dangerous tactic because once the narcissist gets his or her foot in the door, 
you're often going to find yourself being love bombed and hearing promises of brighter days ahead, but just like poor Charlie Brown, you're bound to fall again. So what are you going to do about it? Now it's time for the question of the day. All right. The question of the day is, have you experienced hoovering before? How did you deal with it? Or if you haven't experienced it yet, are you hoping to experience it soon? What are your thoughts on hoovering? Share your thoughts in the comments section below and tell me what you think. I'm very interested in knowing. And um, if you have any questions that you'd like me to talk about in a future video, leave those too, okay? All right, I'm going to wrap up for today. I will see you tomorrow for another video. You guys have a wonderful day. As always, thank you for being a part of my day and a part of my life, and I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Hey everybody, it's Angie Atkinson, Certified Life Coach, and today at QueenBeing.com we're going to discuss why and how you keep getting sucked back into a relationship with a narcissist. Let's get started. Like I said, my name is Angela Atkinson. I'm a certified life coach, an author, and a survivor. You can learn more about narcissism and narcissistic abuse recovery at queenbeing.com. You can get a free five-day fear-busting e-course that I designed specifically for narcissistic abuse survivors at NarcissismSupportCoach.com or check out any of my books at BooksAngieWrote.com. So let's just get into it. Do you ever ask yourself what's wrong with you? Why do you keep going back to the narcissist? Do you wonder why you miss him so much when he was clearly so terrible for you? Or she? Do you ever wonder why he or she won't just leave you alone? Believe it or not, uh, you're not alone. These are some of the biggest questions I hear from readers and coaching clients and viewers as they work through their various narcissistic abuse recovery programs. I mean, almost always when you finally do gather up the nerve to end a toxic relationship, you know, you're going to be faced with a rocky road at first. Now, most narcissists will try to get your attention again after you've been separated, whether that's immediately or after a period of time. And in many cases, survivors of narcissistic abuse will tell you that they do get sucked back in from time to time, sometimes for years over and over again. Uh, speaking of sucked in, let's remember that narcissists love to hoover you. It's, you know, when they feel like they've lost control of you anyway. And just to remind you, the hoovering technique was actually named after the famous um, vacuum cleaner company, and it's just one of the many common manipulation tactics that are um, employed by abusive toxic narcissists. It's kind of when a narcissist sucks his victim back into the relationship or some version of it. It often begins innocently enough, sort of subtly at first, but it always happens with one target, um, you know, to regain control. That's always the goal of the situation. Hoovering usually begins after the devalue and discard phases, and that's when the silent treatment has just stopped working to give the narcissist the kind of supply that he wants, uh, or when he's ready for more of the supply that you've been feeding him all these months or years. 
you know, or it'll start when you've left the narcissist and he's afraid you won't come back. The idea is that he wants to suck you back in. He needs to reestablish contact with you in order to get that narcissistic supply that you have proven to be so good at providing in the past. Oh, let's not forget the love bombing of it all. So we all know love bombing is um, often happens at the very beginning of a relationship with a narcissist, whether you're with a male or a female. Uh, they may seem to just be instantly your soulmate. They may seem to be the person you've been waiting for forever and suddenly what happens is that you end up finding yourself uh, in this relationship with someone you don't even really know because they've they've showed you you know and I think we all do that at the beginning of relationships we all show each other our best selves right but the difference between you know always showing up with your makeup on you know or never farting in front of each other <laughs> the, the difference between those types of little little hidden things about people which are totally normal um, you know to have a, a makeup free face at home or or to have a little gas here and there or whatever it is you know um, when you get to that place where normal people start to let it out a little bit that's when the narcissist begins to show his true colors and you wonder what the hell happened to that guy but I've done a whole other video on that you can check that out on my YouTube channel alright moving on so what if you're the one trying to get back together with a narcissist? How do you deal with that, right? If you're the one trying to reconnect, you're probably experience a great, experiencing a great deal of emotional abuse right about now, right? It's exactly the type of thing the narcissist enjoys because, you know, they love to be pursued. They want to know that they're wanted and needed. We all love that, but with a narcissist, they play these messed up mind games with you as they're doing that. So you'll repeatedly go through the devalue and discard phases peppered with brief episodes of reprieve in which you almost kept catch little glimpses of the person you once knew or the person that you thought you knew. The initial love bomber as it were. So if you think about it, you know, the psychology of people who have been abused by narcissists can be so altered by that abuse that their reactions to things that happen in their lives, you know, the reactions become not normal for lack of a better word. So what does that mean exactly? Well, let's talk about puppies. We all love puppies, right? All right, stick with me. It's not as crazy as it sounds. I'm going to tell you a little story, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> the happy puppy and the biting puppy. So let's say you were out and you wanted to buy a puppy. You find this totally cute group of little pups, a little litter somebody has, you know, maybe out in front of the pet store or whatever. And they're like, hey, free puppies. I like a free puppy. Of course, no puppies free because they cost a lot of money for vet and food. But that's a whole other video. All right. <laughs> but, you know, here you are. You're looking at this amazing group of little puppy dogs and you're ready to make a choice, right? So one of these puppies seems totally happy and friendly. And, you know, when you hold out your hand, he sniffs it and offers up a little doggy kiss. Totally good. Another puppy maybe seems a little stressed, to say the least, and when you hold out your hand, maybe he bites your finger, you know, and he draws blood in the shape of his little tiny puppy teeth. Well, a normal response would be to take the happy puppy home and never think of that biting puppy again. Well, someone who has experienced narcissistic abuse may find herself or himself going back to the biting puppy and hoping for different results, right? So that person might think, I can fix this puppy. I can help this puppy because nobody's going to love this puppy, but I can love this puppy. And so they might get their fingers bitten over and over again and eventually their arm or whatever, um, as opposed to just going with the puppy that was already obviously a better choice. The fact is that it's normal for us as humans to move toward pre pleasure and away from pain because listen, 
you know, think about this. Just think about on a, on a body level, right? Pain in your body is a warning sign that something is wrong. You see what I'm saying? So pain in your life is also a warning sign. You know, emotional pain is a warning sign for you that something is wrong in your life. It is not, you know, when you become emotionally devastated or you become emotionally disconnected, you know, or you're in emotional pain, like I'm sure that so many of us are when we're in these relationships. I know this from my own experience. You know, you're either in pain or you're numb or you're going through one of the good parts where it's the love bombing phase and everything's okay again, right? But <laughs> in these situations where these cycles go on and on over and over again, you're, you're, something's wrong and it's time for you to, you know, take a moment and look at that. So along the same lines, let's, let's get back to the dogs for a minute, okay? So think about the stories you've heard about dogs who stay loyal to owners when they hurt them. Why would a dog do that? Well, it's because of programming. Okay, the training and conditioning that you instill into your dog or a dog, along with their need to look to their pack leader for guidance, right? But how is that relevant to a narcissistic abuse situation? Well, the fact is that if you're going to voluntarily return to someone who has abused you, uh, you've experienced a similar kind of conditioning. And kind of like the dog, or even like hostages who experience Stockholm Syndrome, you might find that you become addicted to the need to please the narcissist or the need to find out if he or she is okay or even the need to get some of that coveted positive attention if that's what you've been deprived of by the narcissist. Now, what I mean is like the little glimpses of the person that you thought you got with in the first place, right? And, and when you get you know, you catch a little bit of that. You see that cute smile again, or you look in those beautiful blue or green or black or brown eyes or whatever. You know, whatever it is that, that drew you in, when you can get a tiny glimpse of it, it kind of brings you back, at least on a certain level, right? And then, just like that poor little dog who's beaten by its owner and stays loyal, the narcissist will use fear, which in the case of a toxic emotional abuser, this is like the beating, right? Uh, and and I, when you've gone no contact or when you threaten to go no contact and he believes you or she believes you, the narcissist will reach deep into the toolbox of manipulation. And guess what? Here comes your biggest fear. And honestly, listen to me. This is everybody's biggest fear, whether we admit it or not. The biggest fear is being utterly, desperately alone in the world. And I'm not talking about necessarily just physically. I'm talking about you know, in this emotional sort of empty land, wasteland situation, because what you, what has happened to you as you go through the relationship with a narcissist is that systematically the narcissist removes your support system from you. All of the people that you were once close to, suddenly there's this barrier between you and them. If you do remain close to anyone, then hold on to that person because this is maybe your lifeline, okay? But what the narcissist is always doing is looking for ways to scare you in or manipulate you into staying in that position of being his or her narcissistic supply, okay? It's it's a very difficult place to be, but in a way you have to recognize that that feeling of obligation and almost desperation that you feel when you're away from your abuser, it isn't real. What do I mean by that? Well, let's talk about this. This is pretty ugly. It's the ugly truth. Maybe you keep going back because you're scared that the narcissist was right about you. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, the bottom line is that the reason you want the, you know, the abusive jerk or 
snot face back, <laughs> even though you, he or she put you through absolute hell, is because of the idea of being alone, the pain that that causes you of being alone, abandoned, helpless, worthless. That's so much worse in your mind than the actual abuse. And so many of us who get stuck in relationships with narcissists have various abandonment issues, whether it's from our parents or our first loves or our, you know, teachers who didn't pay attention, whatever it is, we have issues, you know, that want, that make us want to do, to hold on to people, make us want to do better with our lives. Okay. So something to consider. Now, sometimes Having someone with us who seems to have all the right answers, like a narcissist always does, especially when they're in the, you know, <laughs> the place that they are, you know, some who, someone who keeps you right on the edge of sanity, well, it just feels like home. And this is especially true when you've been in any sort of toxic relationship for any amount of time, okay? Now, that is where we all sort of figure out where our places are in the world, right? It's the part of us that makes us attractive to narcissists in the first place. That is what makes them attractive to us as well, because they can sort of seem like what we've always wanted, someone who's sure about everything, someone who, you know, can be our hero, our savior. Well, of course, that's until we discover they've secretly been consuming our souls when we weren't looking one bite at a time, right? Before you know it, you're left spinning and feeling empty. How do you get over it? How do you get over that need to keep going back to the narcissist? Well, you got to change your mind, okay? Now listen to me. I know it sounds oversimplified. I know it. Um, but I swear to you, if you change your mind and you literally decide, decide, choose in your mind that you don't need this person, whether he's a he or she's a she, you will eventually get there, even if you have to fake it a little at first, right? So let's talk about the law of attraction. You know, whatever your religion is, whatever your form of spirituality is, the law of attraction is a universal law, okay? And you can call it whatever you want to call it, but the matter, the, the fact of the matter is that whatever you're putting out there into the world, you know, you're getting back threefold or tenfold or whatever you want to say. Your energy definitely um, affects your life, your your choices, your your thoughts, your intentions, okay? So one thing that I suggest is using the law of attraction to your advantage by using a simple to remember mantra or affirmation that you repeat to yourself anytime you have feelings or thoughts that make you want to go back to the narcissist, right? And if you have to, you know, maybe create a little narc resistance file where you write down all of your reasons for leaving uh, and staying away and make sure you're very honest with yourself because listen, nobody needs to see it. Uh, just a little tip from me to you, I have Evernote on my phone and I love it because I use it for writing blog posts when I'm out in the world. I, you know, of course with Evernote, you can use it anywhere. This is definitely not a paid endorsement and I didn't even intend to talk about this, but whatever you need, find yourself a little, you know, and, and if you're worried about, you know, if you're still in the relationship with a narcissist and you're working on ways to get out, you know, maybe you want to get one of those little, um, you know, behavior diaries or, you know, even one of the kid, kid friendly, you know, diaries that have the lock on it that you can hide in your phone or whatever, or just get yourself a little notebook, right? No one needs to see it. Just write down all of the things that you're going away for. In fact, uh, I have a video over on YouTube called 103 things you no longer have to put up with when you go no contact. That might be some good motivation for you as well. Okay. Um, anyway, so let me ask you a question as I'm about to close out this video. Have you ever experienced a desire to reconnect with a narcissist after you've separated from him or her? If you have, would you please 
share your thoughts and experiences in the comments and let's discuss it. Um, this is such a commonly asked question in my support group, which is SPAN, uh, S-P-A-N, uh, support for people affected by narcissistic abuse in relationships. Uh, you can learn more about that at queenbeing.com slash SPAN. Um, it's free. It's online. It's totally confidential. Uh, so anyway, it's a, like I said, one of the biggest questions I get and just one of the things that we all want to know, why do we want to go back when we've been so horribly emotionally devastated by these people? This is it, my friends. This is the reason and this is what you Remember one last thing before I close out. One of the things that I always say and that is so true is that educating yourself about this stuff is the first step to correcting it in your life because when you know what you're dealing with and you know that you're not the crazy one, he's not the, you know, he he or she, the, the narcissist is the person with the problem. You're not crazy. Even if they tell you you're crazy, you're not, you're just trying to fix things and look, you're not alone. So join that span group if you want, or go visit uh, booksangiewrote.com and check out my books. Uh, all of them are under $5. Um, tips, free tips, resources, and tools at queenbeing.com on uh, narcissism and narcissistic abuse recovery. Uh, and of course, don't forget my free five-day five day email course at NarcissismSupportCoach.com, which was specifically designed for narcissistic abuse survivors. All right. So this is all I have for right now. Um, stay tuned later today when I will be producing another episode of Go Ask Angie. Uh, otherwise, I will see you next time. Have a great week. Coffee time. I like coffee. Good stuff. Good morning, survivors, and happy Saturday. Today's my Halloween party. I'm super psyched. Uh, so tomorrow I'll give you a little Halloween party vlog. It'll be super fun. Uh, but today we're going to talk about something different. Today we're going to talk about the truth of why a narcissist tries to get you back after they discard you. All right? Or after you discard them. Let's talk about it. So I can't tell you how often my clients are like, oh, they're never going to come back. And then a month later, two months later, they're getting calls and the narcissist comes back and they don't understand that. Well, they, they were so horrible to me. They said the worst possible things they could say to me. Why does this happen? And, you know, the answer is simple. It's because narcissists know your, that your narcissist knows that you've been a great source of supply in the past. Okay. They know that they can affect you in that way that you will be, um, you will become, you'll fall back into your old ways, okay? For example, I have a client right now who is an amazing woman, um, and she she has an amazing job. She's doing incredibly well for herself. She's a freaking goddess. And um, I'm, I've been so proud of her in her recovery efforts. She's been doing amazing things. And just recently, she has been put in this horrible position um, where she works with someone who she has dated and I, I don't want to go into all her personal details, but it's a very terrible thing that's happening to her in her life. And basically she's been hoovered and dumped and hoovered and dumped. And so, you know, as, as, as soon as she starts to feel strong and excited and happy about life again, this person inevitably comes back and destroys her. And this most recent time he came back and within minutes of having forced her to agree to be with him, which even though she didn't want to, uh, he had already started complaining at her about herself, even though he had just been telling her how much he loved her and do, would, would change and do anything. And then within 24 hours or so, 24, 48 hours, he 
he had dumped her already by text, even though they hadn't really spent much time together at all. Uh, and, and, you know, this is after this person went through this huge healing process and she was literally done, done coaching. She was ready to move forward. And this person came back and tried to destroy her life again. And it's so not fair. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating to me when I see these amazing clients of mine who are doing so well. And then these people come back and get back in their face and get back in their life and try to ruin them again. And I really believe that part of the reason they're doing that is because they don't want to see that person too happy or, or whatever. But I also think that in this case, this person is very threatened by her at work because she does very well at her job and he has the same kind of job and doesn't do quite as well as her. I think he's very threatened by her power. And so, you know, it's an important thing to think about. A lot of times we fall back into it because um, we feel like we didn't really get closure in the relationship. And sometimes we think... We, we, we often believe them because narcissists are incredibly good when they're hoovering. They're incredibly good at at appearing to be genuine, and we believe them. I, I, I fell for it many times, and I'm sure that you have as well. And, and the fact, you know, when they, they do their horrible thing. I mean, a lot of times these, this cycle of, 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 you know, love bombing and, and, then, and then devalue and then discard and then hoovering and then love bombing and devalue and discard... It, it goes on and on and in some relationships it will literally go on for years and and they never even split up they just go through that cycle and and the narcissist um i think the narcissist can't stop because i think it's just part of who they are i don't even know that they're conscious of it a lot of the times and even if you explain to them what they're doing they won't see it and if they do see it they'll only admit it for about 10 minutes until they get past it Narcissists have a pathological need to control people. And you have in the past proven to be someone that was able to be controlled. So how do you how do you resist hoovering? You don't let them control you. You stop. You stop accepting the, the crumbs they're willing to give you. You don't let them fool you into thinking they're going to become Mr. or Miss Perfect because they're not. They just want to be in control of you. They don't like to see you trying to be happy, trying to have a life without them. They want to be in control. And quite honestly... A lot of times what happens is that they'll dump you for a new supply and then the new supply, you know, might have a backbone or might be boring or might disagree with them about something and then they'll come running back to you because you were a great supply before and so maybe they need to get a little more supply. They might even come to you and try to talk about their new girl or guy and, uh, you know, try to get you to have sympathy for them. So it's kind of interesting. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Yeah, you were a great supply, but that doesn't mean that you have to be a supply anymore. Maybe you, you would like to have a, a person who, you know, cares about you as much as you care about them. Imagine that. Imagine how that would feel. You deserve better, my friend. No, you do. Remember, in order to prove to a narcissist that you love him or her, you literally have to surrender yourself, your whole identity and your dignity and everything else about yourself. You deserve better than that. Should I say it again? You deserve better than that. You are a unique individual and you should be allowed to shine your light in the world. And quite honestly, I think that narcissists, you know, I've talked about this many times before, but if you've ever seen the True, the True Blood show, okay, the, the, the HBO in the United States, um, I know, I happen to know that it's in Australia and uh, New Zealand right now because I have clients there. Uh, but if you've seen it, then you know about the fairies and the vampires. And the fairies, let me liken those to the empaths. They're full of light. They can read minds of humans and other beings that are not vampires. <laughs> And, uh, but, but that becomes overwhelming for them sometimes. And so a lot of times they find themselves attracted to vampires because vampires, they can't hear the thoughts of vampires are literally dead inside. Hmm. 
And the interesting thing is that the vampires, they can't walk in the sunlight. Uh, but the fairies, of course, are full of light. And if the vampire, the fairy smells, uh, the vampire smells the fairy, he is instinctively driven to eat the fairy, or at least to, you know, taste the fairy. And if he drinks the fairy, if he eats the fairy fully, if he drains the fairy of all of her blood, uh, he can walk in the sunlight maybe forever. And if you think about this, if you think about how narcissists are, sometimes when you first meet them, you might be a bright and sunny person. And they are very attracted to you and they come to you and they, they think everything's perfect and wonderful and they love everything about you and then by the time they're done with you you're a used up washed out version of yourself but but that's because they sucked you dry and i have good news my friend you can get it back you can okay i i, I was a, a used up washed up version of myself before too and quite honestly i know i kind of look like that right now <laughs> but i cleaned up good so uh you know but my point is um being happy and and being healthy in your life it's not going to happen if you're still engaging with this person because you're you're constantly going to be dealing with um, pushback, you know. So if you're still with them, you you still can work toward doing better for yourself. You still can work toward um, getting stronger and, and being able to make other plans for yourself. And I know that when you have kids, it's incredibly hard to walk away from someone, especially if you don't have, you know, a job or uh, outside the house, uh, if you don't have your own money coming in. And I think that you know, I see that a lot. So I certainly don't judge anyone. But the fact is, I was just telling this to someone yesterday, you know, um, narcissism doesn't know any like social, social construct, right? It doesn't know anything. It, it Narcissism it happens in the poorest of places and the richest of places. I have clients who are doctors, who are, you know, attorneys, who are bankers, who are, uh, you know, really talented singers who work at places that you've heard of that I'm not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> I have some really amazing clients. I have heiresses. I have, you know, it, it's crazy. And, and, and then I have people that I talk to regularly who, you know, are struggling to pay the bills and who, who can't, um, you know, even afford coaching. And so they just joined my group, SPAN, uh, which is incredibly help, helpful to a lot of people. If you haven't joined that yet, it's queenbeing.com slash SPAN. Check it out. It's a private, a private Facebook group that is confidential. It's free. Um, I pop in there. I have a wonderful team of admins there. It's a good place. So check that out if you need some support. Um, but my, my point is that you have to know it's not you. You have to know that if it, if it crosses, you know, social lines, racial lines, cultural lines, you know, I have, I have people in, in like five countries or six countries, you know, one of them doesn't even speak English as a first language, you know? And so this, this, condition this this um, personality disorder it, it, it is in every single uh, situation it is in every single group of people it doesn't it doesn't discriminate it, it, you know it, it all in my opinion all starts with childhood uh, and some people were neglected in ways um, that are terrible some people were just sent off to boarding school and ignored by their parents some people were physically beaten some people were just emotionally ignored or neglected or you know it's it's a whole thing, but we've all come from something. Something has happened to each of us that made us feel not good enough or like we needed to be people pleasers, you know? You have to remember that the narcissist has no real identity of his or her own. Uh, the narcissist literally builds his or her identity. Um, it's a false self and it's built on um, 
everyone else in their lives. They sometimes will even tell other people's stories as their own. They'll tell other people's jokes, um, you know, that they've heard. They'll they'll pick up, you know, different different um, you know idiosyncrasies of people, and they kind of throw all these things together and create this false self. But if you actually got to, and you have, I'm sure, actually gotten to know the narcissist, then you know, you know, they they really they don't like to sometimes. They, they don't like to be called out. They don't like to, you know, if you like, say if you, your narcissist was using someone else's catchphrase and their catchphrase was like, hey girl, hey, or something, then, you know, uh, they, they would come into every room, hey girl, hey, and try to, you know, make it their own. And there's nothing wrong with picking up a catchphrase from somebody, believe me, but when you get to this place where, you know, some, I don't know. I've, I've experienced this throughout my life where people would um, try to do the things I was doing or say the things I was saying or whatever and I'm sure you have too and it's exhausting sometimes it doesn't doesn't make me mad it makes me feel a little bit um, at first it's flattering and then it becomes annoying especially if they <laughs> in my case people would like steal my work and stuff and that's frustrating like my writing and stuff but uh, but but even before that you know I remember um, well I don't want to go into any details I don't want to call anybody out of my own life right now so but, you know, sometimes, here's the thing, okay? Narcissists are never attracted to boring people. They're never attracted to ugly people. And they're never attracted to stupid people. So, hey, there's something. If you've been with a narcissist, then I promise you this. You're not stupid, you're not boring, and you're not unattractive, okay? Uh, maybe you feel like you're unattractive now because you've been used up and put away. But um, if you do, check out my Brain Sexy Backlist because you can do that too, all right? It's right here on my channel. So, um, anyway. I think I'm going to wrap up for today, but I think the, the main issue here is that narcissists want you back because they want to control you. They want you back because they don't like that maybe you'll eventually move on or they don't want to see you happy. It's all about control. You have to remember that no matter how it looks, the narcissist is never truly happy and they can't be. They don't know how. They are so wrapped up in their own drama and bullshit that they just, they'll never be happy and you can't make them happy. It's not your fault. It's their fault. They have a lot of self-growth to work on, and they never will because, of course, they aren't able to admit or acknowledge that there's anything wrong with them. And if you're worried about how well they're going to treat a new supply, know this. When you met them, didn't they tell you that your ex was, their exes might be crazy or something terrible about an ex? They cheated on them or they abused them in some way. Um, they almost always tell you that. And then, guess what, my friend? they're going to talk about you the same way to someone. They're going to project whatever they did to you onto you. It tends to be the case. Uh, so be aware that you might be getting a smear campaign. Be aware that if they've moved on with a new supply, that as the relationship begins, it will be very much almost identical to the one that you had with them in the beginning. Um, and as, as they realize that the new supply will give them supply, it will become more and more like the one you had. And I promise you, uh, within a short time that person will be dealing with almost identically what you were dealing with and the thing about that is that in my opinion you should feel sorry for that person not jealous of them because you get to move on and start your life that person has to stay there and deal with that bullshit and uh, abuse and so I'm not saying that I'm happy that's happening to that person I don't want it to happen to anybody um, and and I'm hoping that maybe that person will see this video and they'll they'll get out too but but for now, you have to take care of yourself. You can't worry about anybody else. You already know if you try to tell the new supply about the narcissist that they won't believe you. Because if you think about it, if you've ever been in a situation, well, think about when you were with the narcissist at first. And think about how when you, you tried to 
if anyone would ever have come to you and said, you know, he's crazy, he's abusive, he's this and that, you would have, or she, you would have never believed that person and you would have in fact immediately probably told the narcissist and they would have immediately cleared your, your worries by explaining that it was that other person that was crazy and you would believe them because you were in, you know, that love bombing phase and you didn't see any reason to doubt them. What, Kittle? <laughs> Kittle had some things to say about that. I don't want to hurt your feelings when I say this, <clears throat> but when the narcissist comes back, it's not because he or she is in love with you. It's because they want to control you. It's because they need your supply. It's because they don't like that you're happy without them, or it's because they're bored with another supply and they just want to use you. Okay? It's the truth. Remember one more thing before I close for today. Remember that narcissists' primary goal is to please themselves, to uphold them, their false selves, and, and, and it's to keep themselves um, believing in their false self. And you've helped them do that for a long time, or you had helped them do that for a long time, and so they want to have you do that with them again. And that's what it all comes down to. You're better than that. Don't let them keep controlling you. Remember that you deserve to be happy, my friend. It's so important, okay? If you can't be happy in your life, what's the purpose? You know what I'm saying? Happiness is, is one of our rights as human beings, and you have the right to be happy and at peace in your home, in your life. You, you shouldn't be scared to come home, and you shouldn't feel overwhelmed by the person you're living with every day, okay? Have a wonderful day, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you tomorrow for another vlog, and I'll see you Monday for more, okay? If you have questions, comments, concerns, things I can help you with, leave them in the comments below. Otherwise, I'll see you later. Don't forget to visit queenbeing.com if you have more questions about queen... Um, you know, narcissism, narcissistic abuse recovery and all that stuff. And don't forget to visit um, narcissistic, well, just go to queenbeing.com. You can find almost everything you need there. Unless you're looking for books, uh, then you can find those at booksangiewrote.com. And um, even even if you want to schedule a, a coaching session with me or you want to pick up my free five-day email course, I've got those on the front page now at queenbeing too. All right? Okay, you guys. I'm Audi. Have a good day. Thanks for letting me be a part of your life and a part of your recovery. As always, it means a lot to me. And thanks for being a part of mine. See you soon. Hey guys, it's Angie Atkinson. And today at QueenBeing.com, we're going to talk about hoovering, what it is, and how you can deal with it if it happens to you. Let's get started. Okay, so you know how it's always hard to deal with a narcissist. And that's true whether you're still in the toxic relationship with them or if you've recently left one. But due to a narcissist's behaviors and patterns, there are times when we find ourselves feeling weak, almost powerless to resist their charms, even when we know better. One of those times, of course, is during the narcissistic hoovering phase, and that's why we're talking about hoovering and how you can deal with it. So, what is hoovering anyway? Well, the hoovering technique is one that was named after a famous vacuum cleaner company. Y'all know which one I'm talking about, right? And it's one of the many uh, common manipulation tactics that is employed by abusive toxic narcissists. It's when the narcissist sort of sucks his victim back into the relationship or some version of it. And it often begins innocently enough, right? So kind of subtly and it always happens with one target in mind and that is of course to regain control of the narcissistic supply that's you my friend yeah so I'm gonna provide you with kind of a simple and funny example of hoovering that will kind of give you an idea of what it really looks like and maybe help you to kind of look at it in your own life okay so this is Charlie Brown 
Okay. How Charlie Brown and, and, and Lucy, you know Lucy, right? How This is how they can demonstrate this kind of um, technique or tactic. So let's just do it. Remember in the Charlie Brown cartoon and the Peanuts cartoons when Lucy would always hold the the ball, the football for Charlie Brown, and every time she would, he would try to kick it, she'd pull it away, and he'd fall right on his head. And when he'd fall, she'd smile like there was no tomorrow, actually enjoying his pain, right? Well, Charlie Brown, of course, would do what any other kid would, and that's, he'd stop trusting her to hold the ball, but inevitably, Lucy would promise each time that this time she would really let him kick the ball. And inevitably, he'd fall for it. And also inevitably, the woman, the girl, would pull it away at the last second, and then she'd bust out that big toothy smile again just as he fell. One more time. Yeah, hoovering, that's it. It usually begins after the devalue and discard phases, when the silent treatment has stopped giving the narcissist pleasure. And when he's ready for more, he or she is ready for more of that supply that you've been feeding them for all these months or years. Or it'll start after you've left your narcissist and he or she fears you won't return. The idea is that the narcissist needs to reestablish contact with you in order to get the narcissistic supply that you've proven to be so good at providing. And of course it's a dangerous tactic. I mean, once he gets his foot in the door or she gets her foot in the door, you'll often find yourself being love-bombed and hearing promises of brighter days ahead. But just like poor little Charlie Brown, you're bound to fall again. So with that in mind, let's let's talk about some ways you can deal with a narcissist hoovering. I've got 10 of them for you, all right? How do you deal with being hoovered? Well, if you're still stuck in the relationship, you might just let it happen. I mean, after all, it doesn't suck that much while it's going on, right? But, but if you do, you need to put a few safeguards in place. First, don't take the bait, because if you do, you may end up allowing the narcissist to cross your boundaries and you'll end up settling for less than you really deserve. Plus, you don't want to allow yourself to start doing things that you wouldn't normally do, and you definitely don't want to stop taking care of yourself in order to take care of the narcissist's needs. That's exactly what they want. And most importantly, you don't want to give up your own independence during this time, especially if you just recently gained it. Okay, But in general, I'm going to give you some guidelines here, and this is these are the best ways to cope with hoovering by following these guidelines. Okay, So number one, do not let your boundaries be changed or broken during the hoovering phase. It's too easy to give in during this phase. Don't do it. Number two, if you've put safeguards or consequences in place due to the narcissist's bad decisions, you need to keep those in place even during hoovering and especially during hoovering. Okay. Number three, know that this phase will end and you'll be back to normal status, normal status, with the narcissist at some point. Look at previous patterns for an idea on how long it might last. Make a special effort, this is number four, make a special effort to maintain your healthy activities and relationships and even increase engagement with these healthy situations in order to strengthen your recovery efforts because that's, you know, the narcissist is actually trying to prevent you from recovering from the abuse that you've been subjected to by hoovering you, okay? Number five, a lot of times we use hoovering to bargain with our narcissists. This is not productive. You know, we try to create pr positive change in our relationships, whether they're current relationships or their co-parenting relationships or whatever. We try to use these times to create positive change in our relationships because during this time, narcissists seem so receptive, more so than usual anyway, to our requests. And the unfortunate thing is it never lasts. And so you've got to understand that most of the time, 
any positive change that is created during this time will be short-lived and you're really only setting yourself up for disappointment by engaging yourself with that okay number six also keep in mind that as big of a jerk as the person can be a narcissist is someone who has a personality disorder mood swings rapidly changing ideals etc all a big part of that so there is an actual you know I want to say disability there but I don't know that disability is the right word but there's a problem there's a disorder okay so Number seven, remember that knowledge is power. Educate yourself about NPD and make an effort to understand what you're really dealing with because a lot of times understanding leads right to overcoming the issue. Uh, you're already on the right path for that because you're sitting here watching this video right now, so good for you. All right, next up, number eight. Uh, don't allow yourself to depend on the narcissist emotionally, okay? Because we all know they're gonna disappoint you every single time and this is especially true when it matters the most to you okay the hoovering phase can cloud your judgment and might even end up setting your you know you could even end up setting yourself up for some real emotional devastation you know if you allow your narcissist to lull you into a false sense of security and intimacy number nine if you have been physically abused and the hoovering is an attempt to make you forget it don't get some help instead because quite honestly your life might depend on it my friend so check out the emergency uh, domestic violence page on queenbeing.com or reach out to your local authorities um, you know do something uh, don't waste a minute because you really need to take care of yourself and I'm not joking when I say that your life literally could depend on it okay finally number 10 understand this deal for what it is the narcissist does not love you and I'm sorry to have to break it to you the narcissist just isn't capable of love it's not your fault it's the narcissist's fault okay in fact at this point you've just become a little a pawn in the game that the narcissist is playing and it's time that you get off the roller coaster my friend as soon as you can go no contact or low contact if you can and if you can't you know completely cut all contact well then at least try the gray rock method to to minimize the damage okay bottom line is that the one thing that you can count on with a narcissist is that they don't change they might get better at hiding their true selves for a while and they might pretend to change for a while just to get you back but they certainly don't ever actually change so in a moment here I'm going to explain to you exactly what I mean by that all right all right so here's a fact if you've been involved with a narcissist in any way which I suspect you have if you're still here watching this video you probably hoped at one time or another that you could change him or her enough that you could somehow develop a healthier relationship and that's probably another reason you might be here watching this video but I just want to clear some things up for you really quick you know uh, a while back a reader um, asked me kind of a, a serious question and 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 it really struck home with me okay she said you know what my girlfriend has the silent treatment mashed with the pathologically lying mashed with being unemotional mashed with previously uncommitted even though she told me she never cheated on a mate mashed with a bunch of other garbage is there any way to get through this crap and be together in the future or am I just kidding myself I mean seriously hit me with it I can take it does a person like this ever really want to get better do they ever take the step of getting help or do words really mean crap when it comes to this stuff she's told me time and time again 
that she would fix it and get help but has yet to do anything. How about that? Have you been there? Alright, well my first thought after I read the question was basically, hmm, well, maybe it's possible for a narcissist to change but I've never seen it happen, right? But here's the thing, whether or not it's possible for a narcissist to change might be debatable. Um, the question is whether or not he or she is willing to change, right? And the answer, in my experience, is almost inevitably, hell no, they're not willing to change. They think they're perfect as they are. But that's because nine times out of ten, you know, the narcissist does not see a problem with his or her behavior and then blames issues that they do have on everyone around them rather than, I don't know, looking inside for answers, right? Okay, so even so, I'm not the be-all, end-all authority on this. Nobody is, right? I'm just a researcher, a life coach, author, and of course someone who has experienced life with a narcissist on, unfortunately, more than one occasion. Uh, but I decided, you know what, I don't know everything. I'm going to go ahead and do some research so I can get a totally solid answer here, right? So this is where it gets ha hairy, <laughs> as you could probably imagine. Uh, there are various schools of thoughts on this, and there's no one answer, but I'm going to share with you what some experts say about this topic, all right? So let's start with, excuse me, my nose is itchy. Let's start with Craig Macklin, uh, Malkin, I'm sorry, Craig Malkin, PhD, um, and something he said about a narcissist in a Psychology Today article, okay? Dr. Malkin says, I'm going to go on record as saying, yes, I do believe it's possible for people to change, even if they've been diagnosed with something as deeply entrenched and formidable as a personality disorder. And, you know, Malkin went on to say that the key to changing is the way you handle your interactions with a narcissist. Now, let me just point out here that this is once again really um, you changing and not the narcissist, but I'm going to go ahead and finish telling you what Dr. Malkin says. He says the key to interacting with someone you suspect is a narcissist is to break the vis vicious circle. He says gently thwart their efforts to control, distance, defend, or blame in the relationship by sending the message that you're more than willing to connect with them but not on these terms to invite them to a version of intimacy where they can be loved and admired warts and all if they only allow the experience to happen what do you think about that one um, I, I, I like Dr. Malkin I think he's got some great ideas I don't agree with him on this one okay moving right along Dr. Lynn, Lynn Namka, who is a psychologist, says that some narcissists can change. She says those with milder forms of the so-called disease. And she says they need to be worried that they could lose, in order to change, they need to be worried that they could lose someone or something they love. Okay, I do think there's something to Dr. Namka's uh, theory here. Some, she says, have to undergo a humbling experience or a great emotional loss before they start to admit their defensiveness and inability to care, uh, you know, for their, to take responsibility for their actions. She says as they grow older, some start to notice their insensitivity when they're dealing with those people around them, and some start to feel healthy guilt about their past actions. Guilt, while painful if handled correctly, can be a breakthrough emotion that sets the person on a path to a happier life, she says. She adds that the milder narcissistic defense may soften across life if a person achieves a stable home and work environment or if he or, he or she has a big setback where the rug is pulled out from under them, creating a crack in their defenses. Then again, she says some narcissists will just get worse if they're forced to their knees after being rejected, failing or otherwise becoming disillusioned and not getting the support they need. Now, 
I do believe that this is possible if, if, if it's a person who doesn't actually have NPD, someone who just maybe has narcissistic tendencies. Um, and I think in those cases, you're going to be dealing with someone who grew up with a narcissistic parent and who doesn't yet know um, that they grew up in a toxic household. And so they're going to behave like their parents. Now, as soon as they realize it, a healthy person may choose to change their ways. And that's the only time I think that's really going to work for you. But let's move on and, and, and find out what other people say. <laughs> All right. Uh, Melanie Tanya Evans, who you, you probably already know, she's a well-known narcissism expert. She says that maybe it's possible, but it's highly unlikely. Uh, and like me, Evans says she's actually never seen it happen. Look, me either. I just said it. Um, <laughs> she says, I've never heard of one credible case of a person operating at this level, admitting their inner woundedness and doing the inner work and healing. And she says, I don't for one millisecond believe that cognitive therapy would even touch the edges. Namka, though, Dr. Namka added that people with severe narcissistic traits have limited emotional intelligence and tons of psychological defenses that get in the way of recovery. Ding, ding, ding. I agree. Uh, she says they're unable to see the depth of their pathology and, you know, that they know their shortcomings would send them into great shame, which would trigger depression. Yeah, I can dig that. All right. So how about you? Um, what do you think? Have you experienced hoovering before? How did you deal with it? Do you think a narcissist can change? Have you ever seen a narcissist successfully change? I want to talk about this. So if you would, please take a minute and write down there, share your thoughts and your experiences in the comments. You never know who you can help by sharing something that happened to you or something you thought about or something you've been through in this situation. Okay. Um, and before I go, also, if you would please hit that subscribe button for me, I'd really appreciate it. I, I always appreciate um, seeing that you're enjoying my videos and it helps me to see subscriber numbers. So pop it in there. Thank you so much for that. And I will see you next time. Have a wonderful day.